Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here for our first service. It is December. We are in the Christmas season. And so you can see behind us a tremendous job done by the creative team, as Pastor Reed said. said, the Christmas invitation. There is no other time of the year that brings expectation like Christmas, is there? It says there was something about looking forward to what's going to happen. There were so many different aspects of Christmas that we look forward to. It says it doesn't matter whether it's the big turkey dinner on Christmas Day or all the chocolates you're going to eat, uh, all of that stuff. It, it could be maybe the gifts or the presents uh, Santa's going to bring you. Uh, and at the moment, I'm sure you're dropping many a subtle hint to the one that you love about what you would like for Christmas and stuff hoping Santa will bring you uh, that and he says I don't always remember everything I got for Christmas as a child but I remember Christmas 1985 as a 13 year old um, that I dropped many many subtle hints to my mum uh, what I would like for Christmas that year it was this, and those of you will, may remember. Uh, this is this is a California BH Mag BMX bike. He says, and when those of us who are that age, who had a BMX in here? Come on, let's see. There we go. That's good. Look at it. We're showing our age now, aren't we? Now, the disappointing thing about this was actually when I typed this into Google, it took me to the BMX museum. And suddenly you realise that you're getting old when your Christmas presents you had as a kid are now in a museum. Uh, and so I remember the expectation that I had uh, that this was what I was going to get on Christmas Day. And you know what it's like when you're kids, you search all over the house, don't you? Let's not pretend, you know, the parents go out, you're up in the loft, you're checking all the secret places. And I, I did this, I'll be honest with you, I, I did this. I look at my Christmas presents every year, but, uh, uh, but I couldn't find the bike. It's not easy to hide, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I remember going to bed on Christmas Eve, fairly disappointed, because I thought to myself, I'm not going to get you know, my BMX bike, and I'm going to get another Aston Villa top, which nobody would want for Christmas, would they? No, of course, no, 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 they wouldn't want that. But you imagine my excitement as I woke up on Christmas Day and I came downstairs and there, sitting in the corner, the expectation had become reality uh, because I'd got the present that I'd expected. That's a sort of expectation sometimes that there is around Christmas, isn't there? I read this, the Santa's Grotto had a hard time getting men to be Santa Clauses every year. The reason was the high percentage of children who were kicking Santa in the shins for not coming through the year before. They expected Santa to live up to his billing and deliver the goods as they requested, but the kids hadn't got what they want. So rather than sitting on Santa's lap, they booted him in the shins. <laughs> One little boy wrote this, Dear Santa Claus, last year you didn't leave me anything good. This year, the year before, you didn't leave me anything good. This year is your last chance. <laughs> the expectation has really been there uh, from the first Christmas. We can get lost, even as believers, even as a church sometimes, in 
the meaning of Christmas, what Christmas really truly is all about. There is so much on, and I'm not one up here to complain about the commercialism and stuff, but I am one that's coming today, and over this next month we will uh, focus our attention on the different aspects of the Christmas story will help and encourage us on our journey because there was an expectation in the first Christmas story and uh, Stevie as he came to the table had already touched on it in Luke chapter 2 but there's some later verses and uh, as the angels meet the shepherds as they appear to the shepherds on the hillside he said there suddenly becomes a great expectation within the shepherds about going to Bethlehem to see uh, who is this that the angels have uh, come and told us about tonight? And there are just a few verses we're going to pick some thoughts out of. And it says this in Luke 2, verse 15 to 20. It says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. See, see, the story of Jesus doesn't begin at the Christmas story. Mary appears as a, as a human, she was born as a baby, but the whole Bible is a story uh, of Jesus Christ. It's a story of God's interaction with man, the plan that he has. It's God's story with, with mankind, and the redemption of mankind is key to that. And Jesus Christ is central to that. And so right from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, there is one but one subject. There is just one person to be spoken of. His name is Jesus Christ. And, uh, and somebody wrote it this way. They say, you know, when, when we see Jesus, we see Jesus in the Old Testament prophetically. It's important for us to understand in the Christmas story that there are many things that are fulfilled. I've said this many times from here before that Jesus Christ uh, is the fulfillment of the fulfiller and the fulfillment of all God's promises. That everything spoken of in the Old Testament is fulfilled in Christ in the New Testament, and particularly in, in the Christmas story, where it's even mentioned the place where he's born and the other prophecies uh, that come to prove that this was God's plan all along. So we see Jesus there with the Old Testament prophetically. We, we see Jesus in the Gospels historically and, and we've seen this as we work our way through the Gospel of Matthew that we've seen Jesus actually there as a, as a, as a real person, a figure in human history interacting with people of need and so we see that historically that he was a historical figure that lived at the time that he lived he was born as a baby in a manger in the story that we've just read there is that reality there that, that he lived historically uh, and then we see Jesus in the epistles theologically 
which just simply means in the letters that were written, it's the explanation of who Jesus was, what Jesus has come to do, uh, and all the other stuff that goes along with that. And so we see that theologically as well, the purpose that God has and the plan that God has and stuff, that Jesus is the reason. And then the final uh, one, we see Jesus in Revelation eschatologically, which just means the end times that we are looking at that simply it's all about Jesus it's the return of Jesus Christ and so the whole Bible is his story uh, of Jesus but there's one more thing that we see that we see Jesus in the Christmas story expectantly have to remember the society that Jesus was born into because the impression sometimes that we get left with with all the bright lights and the angels appearing and the shepherds and everybody uh, standing around the baby and presenting the gifts actually it was quite an oppressive society that Jesus was born into the heavily taxed by local and faraway rulers uh, that would demand nearly 50 to 60 percent of the taxes that people earned you know, even as Joseph and Mary returned to Bethlehem, it was because that they were doing a census, they were counting uh, the people that they had, and simply they were doing that for the reason of making sure everybody was paying their taxes. Uh, and so these taxes weren't used. We may complain today that, well, we don't see where our, ta where our taxes go. But even back then, the taxes then that they paid weren't given to pay the less fortunate. You know, Mary and Joseph's taxes were simply paid to boost the wealth of the rulers and stuff. So the society that Jesus was born into is essentially this third world context under a military dictatorship. It's a society where everybody was coerced. It was a place where everybody had been waiting really for God to speak again because it had been 400 years uh, since God had spoken really the end words of Malachi there and so there is an expectancy uh, there is a hope as I wait for the promised one of God to come and you see we call this season before the arrival of Jesus Advent now I know all of you will associate Advent with the Advent calendars you've got in the house uh, even when we become adults we expect an advent calendar don't we and it says you and you open up your chocolates every day and stuff and and do all of this but advent for chocolates not the real reason for advent just to clear that up with some people but you enjoy your chocolate okay he said but advent really means the beginning of an of an event it signals the expectation of a special person arriving there is this patient waiting of the arrival of Jesus Christ, the one who's going to make the difference. You know, Advent is patience, and it means it's how God has made us a people of promise in a world of impatience. You imagine at this particular scene that we imagine this is a few weeks before Jesus is born. You know, the wise men are already on their journey uh, to get to Bethlehem. It says there are already people preparing and that the whole story as you read it in Matthew and Luke is the preparation for the one who is going to be born and, and it's a patience isn't it? I mean they've waited 400 years, this is the expectation turning into reality of Jesus coming into the world. You see hope in the Bible it exists as a secure assurance doesn't it? To trust placed in a trustworthy God. 
Of all the things that God could do, he sent his son uh, as a baby to, to a manger in Bethlehem. He says, and it becomes the answer uh, that the world is looking for. It becomes a solution to the world's problems. It becomes a very centerpiece of human civilization and human history of all the things that God could do. But it's tied up in this hope. It's tied up in this patience, this promise that is made. And yet we're drawn back to the shepherds because you can imagine on this particular night the shepherds are out on the hillside and much like they have been every other night they have been there uh, out on the hillside looking after the sheep and suddenly the angels appear before them and we know they are filled with great fear as we would be as well if that had happened to us so the angels give them this extraordinary invitation to come and meet Jesus and it's interesting they could do something with that invitation you know when somebody gives you an invitation you have a decision about what you're going to do with it are you going to accept it are you going to reject it they hear this news and simply in two words they just make that decision about what they're going to do let's go Let, let's go let's go and see uh, about this that the Lord has spoken to us about you know they could have declined the invitation for many reasons they may not have felt worthy that shepherds were somehow the lower class of the of, of society uh, they, they could have simply said to themselves no we weren't worthy to meet he who is the expected messiah but they chose to say yes to this invitation that had the faith to follow to go and meet with their saviour their messiah jesus here verse 15 actually shows a genuine urgency upon hearing about jesus let's go to bethlehem let's see this thing that has happened which the lord has told us about it's almost like wanting the evidence wanting the proof that the angels have appeared and have said to them this is the one who is born the savior of the world born today in in the royal town of david and and they didn't hesitate to go and accept the invitation how many people today when we look at the the what goes on in the world and stuff and and, and christmas in a sense draws people's attention towards the birth of a savior you know we can't escape it and you know people may turn around and say well Christmas is about this reason or Christmas is about uh, this reason and it could be about many many different things that we enjoy about Christmas but really Christmas is about the birth of a saviour the birth of, of the man called Jesus Christ who was the son of God and there is an expectation that comes and we see it as we've said in the shepherds we said the shepherds went down they got the evidence that they needed and the good news amazed all who heard it you know they probably didn't even really understand it probably uneducated people who didn't th think themselves worthy of receiving this because the angels could have appeared to anybody but they appeared to these shepherds but what they did recognize that something significant had happened that God was up to something something was going on and all the characters in the Christmas story all coming together and some of them we see whether it's the 
innkeeper's rejection of bringing them in to sleep in the inn, whether it's Herod's lack of interest by sending somebody else to go and check out on the, whether this was true or not, or whether it was the shepherds accepting the invitation to go and see, or wise men turning up with the gifts. Each of the characters plays this role. Why? Because God is in it. And God has his plan and this purpose. Read this and I thought this is so true that God to show that he respected not persons revealed this grand mystery to the shepherds and the wise man. The one poor, the other rich. The one learned, the other unlearned. The one Jews, the other Gentiles. The one near, the other far off. And I thought isn't that a picture of why Jesus had come into the world? To bring all those people to covers everybody, doesn't it? Whether rich or whether poor, whether educated or whether not educated. It says Jew, Gentile, all included here in what we call the Christmas story. As God makes this, extends his invitation to everybody and he's still extending that invitation. Advent is supposed to slow our busyness down. I don't know if you went anywhere near any of the shops yesterday or the shopping centres or I mean it was crazy when they showed, I've just seen some pictures of what the city centre was like as people were bounding in there realising that to make Christmas perfect you have to get everything that's on the list, you have to make sure you've got it all and actually when you think about it it says this time is supposed to slow our business down in a sense, the commercial side may have us running here, there and everywhere. But actually when we stop and think about it, Advent is a time of reflection as well. It's, a, it's an expectation that we're waiting on that turns into reality because Jesus is coming. Christ the Messiah, the one who had been promised was coming. And centuries of no known revelation from God. And suddenly, as John the writer says, the word of God became flesh. It's almost like that, that patient waiting that there had been for Jesus to come. You see, without the word of God here, the, the people had walked in, in this spiritual darkness. He said they'd been looking around for an answer. And, and people are still looking for an answer, aren't they? He says, I hope with what we do here in church over Christmas, and as we extend this Christmas invitation... It's not just about helping people maybe with a food hamper. It's not maybe just helping people or blessing the kids with some presents of a trip to see Santa. It's about showing them this real uh, man, Jesus Christ, who came for them because he loved them. That's the expectation of Christmas, the looking forward uh, to what Jesus can do. For we leave Christmas behind us, somebody said. But Jesus is still there. Where we leave him behind at Christmas, but Jesus is still there. He's still making a difference in people's lives. See, that waiting was almost over. The world was about to be changed forever. And here we have the shepherds as they come down off the, the hillside, as they come down thinking, why on earth are we going to see? What, what, why a baby in a manger? Uh, and that expectation turns into reality when they realise that they've seen somebody special 
that actually what God had spoken through the angels was a fulfillment of a promise. And as I said earlier, they, they didn't understand everything that had happened, but they understood that this was something significant, that this little baby was special, this little baby was significant. And so that helps us understand here when we look at what the shepherds did as we go back and we just see there that I love it as they walked away. It says that they, they had been told about this and all who heard what they said were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Do you know what they did when they left, when, they, when they'd seen this? They just went and told everybody. They just went and told they just, even though they didn't understand everything that was happening, it says the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had seen, which were just as they had been told. What the angels said to them on the hillside was fulfilled in them seeing Jesus. When God spoke, the expectation became reality. And I wonder as we begin this Christmas journey here at church over this, next, this, this coming month and stuff as we build up to this, that we want our expectation to become a reality, don't we? We can look around and we can see, oh, what is it really about Christmas that really needs to grip my heart? Maybe it's that invitation to come, not just to Christmas, but that invitation to come to Christ. Even if we know him already, but even as it draws us back to what Christmas is all about. As I read about this, I thought it's not really what just Christmas is all about. It's really what life is all about as well. It really is what life is all about. Often there are people who express an interest in coming to church at Christmas and will come to the carol services and will come to the different things that go on. But after Christmas, they will fall away from that and have a disinterest. He's trying to share with people and, 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 and help them to understand that actually this is not just an invitation to Christmas. It's not just to explain to you this is what Christmas is about. It's trying to help people understand that this is what life is about. That this is what the impact. When I read the story of the shepherds, it says, I want, to have, I want that impact upon my life the same as it had been on the shepherds. The angels appear to them. They give them the news of Jesus Christ. And that impact upon their life that made me want to, makes me want to go, let's go and see what God is doing. Let's go and see what God is up to. And then for me to come away then and be amazed, glorifying and praising God for everything that he has done, for everything that he is doing because Jesus simply as we've heard already that Jesus is the reason for the season that expectation that we come to that we look at and it's not just about having all those right feelings in place because Christmas does that for us sometimes doesn't it Christmas comes and it's that time of the year where you gather the family round and even the family you don't like and everybody's got a mad aunt or a daft uncle and people like that and you grab all the bring all the family around for that time and stuff and there is a holiday feeling isn't it that almost you get to the end of the Christmas day to say thank goodness for that that day's done I don't have to see them for another year uh, and it's not just about those feelings of that but that expectation 
that we keep saying that actually that Jesus does make a difference. The arrival of him makes a difference about God delivering on those promises centuries later. I mean, the world had been quiet as far as God was concerned. There had not been a word spoken. And they are waiting in anticipation, in expectation of the reality of him speaking. God often doesn't speak in this booming voice from the sky, but he presents his son as a baby to grow up to be the sacrifice of the world. And the whole world is changed here through the birth of his special son. whole world is changed because of this, because the expectation suddenly becomes a reality of Jesus being born said I read this and you will, have, you will have seen this even in a, a Christmas card but I thought it sums up a Christmas story just in a few short words it says a little child a shining star a stable rood a door ajar yet in that place so crude forlorn the hope of all the world is born and, and that's it really is hope it says you know what they were looking for the first Christmas they were looking for hope you know if we looked around the world today do you know what people are still looking for they're looking for hope aren't they they're looking for something different than what the world has to offer it says that that expectation that turns into reality is tied to that hope they will not find it in all the good stuff that Christmas brings even if people get all the best presents that ask for and desire they still will not satisfy the longing and the expectation in the heart. But there is one that will satisfy, and his name is Jesus. Because the hope of all the world was born at that point. And he is still the hope of all the world today. He's still the one that changes people's lives today. So when we come to the Christmas invitation this month, we're not just looking and saying to ourselves, let's talk about all, all the nice aspects of Christmas. Often when you come and preach the Christmas story every year, you look at it and say, you know, what could I preach about Christmas that's different from other Christmases? Because there are only so many sermons you can preach on the Christmas story. Do, do I preach it from the donkey's point of view or what he saw that day? You know, would that be a good sermon to do? But I realise actually that the Christmas story and what people need to hear more than anything is just this. When Jesus was born, so was the hope of the world. That's the expectation of Christmas. The expectation that turns into a reality. Let us pray. Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Father, that there was an expectation, Lord. That first Christmas... For your son was coming into the world to be the saviour of the world. Even in the gospel of Matthew, it says for, for he shall save people from their sins. A purpose set out right from before his birth. And Father we thank you that that expectation became a reality. Both through his birth and his life and his death. And his resurrection. That he truly not was the hope of the world. But he still is the hope of the world. And Father where we are gathered today in church Father God. And where 
we have a lack of hope for one reason or another. Father, we pray and invite your son into the situation, much like, Father, that invitation for him to come into the world at that point. The Father, they brought hope with them, and as the shepherd's father went down, we're so thankful, Father God, the Father, that they accepted the invitation to go and see what you had done. And Father, help us as believers, as your children, to do that as well. Let us go and see what you have done. For you gave your Son and sent your Son to be the hope of the world for us. And we just thank you for that today. In Jesus' name. Amen.